what is it that you are missing within yourself? What is it that you aren't looking at within yourself that is putting up so much resistance to where your, your art, your creation is trying to go? And I think authors, creators in general can get in the way of their art a lot because of just their own stories. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. Welcome back if you are a regular weekly listener. So excited that you're here for this one. I am a big fan of today's guest. Before I get into introducing her and uh, hopping into this incredible conversation, just wanted to drop in with you real quick and give you an update on some of the things that are going on in Limitless Soul world. Um, I am constantly evolving. (laughs) If you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you will probably already realize that. Um, and I think that's a great thing. And along my evolution, it's so interesting because I started to realize what I'm really here for and who I'm really here for. What do I have to offer? What's my purpose? And I love talking to you through this podcast, getting to share with you in my solo episodes, my point of view, my journey, insights, teachings, lessons, things like this. And during my interviews, like today with um, my very special guest, who I'm going to get to in just a minute, I get to have conversations with people who I'm interested in. And the reason I'm interested in them is because they have elements and attributes and features of things that I love to play with. I love to play with other people's energy and dance with it and collaborate and see where it goes and flows. And when I'm working with clients, whether that's in a coaching scenario or a group environment or a retreat, a workshop, I like to work with people who are on that precipice, who are ready to take the leap, who are ready to jump, who are ready to make a splash and ready to completely let go of the tightness that they've put around themselves and unlock the gold, the wisdom, the nuggets, the gifts, and ready to pour them out in a way that might be scary, might be vulnerable, could be a big risk, but they're willing to do it because they know that it's important that they fulfill their purpose in this life and that time is still going by and that they realize that. So I I realized during this evolution, the people that I want to work with are the dreamers, the change makers, the limit pushers, the people who are willing to take risks and really start to create some stuff that's got potent freaking energy behind it. And that could be a lot of different things. So I also don't like to put myself in a box as to what that job may be. I obviously love working with hairdressers and beauty professionals, people who are working intimately in person with other human beings. I love working with healers. Um, And I love working with those kinds of people in a way that I can help you create a vision beyond where you are. Because if you're happy where you are, you don't need me (laughs) at all. But if you are at at a cornerstone, you're at a fork in the road, you're ready to turn the page and begin something new. That is my specialty. I'm really great at that. I've started many different projects. I've um, figured out a roadmap that works for me to decide what's going to come next, what needs to go on the bench. 
um, and how to prioritize and stay present in my actual life and not let the work consume me. Um, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it and I'm not saying that you will be either, but I know that there are ways to live out your dreams if you feel like something's tugging at your heart and also still be a human being and not be a robot and, and, you know, be a mom or be a parent or be a partner, whatever it is, and not dedicate your entire existence to working. Um, so that's who I, I really enjoy working with. And if that's you, I'm so happy you're here. And I also do work with people in my, my studio here in, uh, Michigan. So some of my clients who are not, who might be stay at home parents or might be retired, they still are enjoying the the offerings that I have through energy healing, meditation practices, my yoga teaching, um, the way that I just like to get philosophical and existential about just about anything uh, has also benefited my clients too. So a lot of the work that I'll be sharing and the things that I'm going to be creating on this digital platform are going to be specifically for entrepreneurs who are looking for a creative outlet to express their gifts and be of service. In my in my personal practice here in Michigan, I'm here to serve anyone who's willing and ready to move energy through their body and they need support, they need help, they need guidance um, and to feel safe and secure as they process um, deeply suppressed emotions. So they kind of go hand in hand. They're teaching me so many lessons back and forth with each other. And I'm just really grateful, but I had to get that out because I wanted to tell you that it's been just sitting with me and I've been wondering how to say it because it's a long title for an Instagram bio, but um, the things that I'm going to be creating are for you, if that's you. So I'm very excited to create and um, bring forth some really neat stuff aside from the podcast. So you, you'll be able to check out some live workshops I'll be doing on Zoom in a group setting, which is going to be super fun. Um, I do have a retreat in Costa Rica that is nearly sold out. I think we have one room left. So if you're interested in that, you can go over to Limitless Soul Life and click the retreat button and check it out. Maybe that's for you. And um, I'm actually starting to think about planning the next one, and that might be in the United States next year. So that will be really cool and coming soon if you're looking for something in person. Um, and then I'm working on some online self-study courses, and we'll be opening the membership back up, which I'm super thrilled about. I've been teaching some yoga classes and meditation classes, um, live full moon gatherings, so that is going to be an open portal coming soon across my fingers. If my website and everything gets done pretty soon, we'll have that open by June and, um, you'll be able to come hang out and deep dive into different practices that will help you along your journey and also help you to increase the amount of energy that you're able to put into the things you're creating. So look out for that. Super pumped. And now I want to get to my guest. Her name's Tiffany Clark Harrison. She's actually a member of the Limitless Collective, my membership community. And that's how we originally met. So funny because when I started the membership, I was only opening it up to hairdressers. And then as I evolved and this whole evolution has happened and I started working with more, I wanted to work with creatives. I wanted to work with people who were not in my same field of work because I found it to be a fun challenge to help people outside of my own industry grow using the tools that I learned inside of it. And, uh, Tiffany was one of those people that I got to, I've gotten to work with her one-on-one -on -one, and she's been in the membership and she found me on Instagram because I was making some silly like reels when reels first came out and I was making it to all these nineties kind of alter alternative songs <laughs> and she found me that way. So see, it works. I'm telling you, um, talk to your people and use good music. You'll find them every time. 
So I quickly became very in love with Tiffany because she is doing things that I hadn't really ever seen people do. I didn't even know that people existed that did this. And she is a developmental editor and intuitive writing coach. And she's the founder and owner of Rochelle Writer Studio. And she guides intuitive writers of literary fiction or memoirs to use intuition to raise their true voice and publish books that tell beautifully, devastatingly human stories. She also is a published author and writes herself. And her work is really beautiful in the way that she connects with her audience. Um is really amazing. I've downloaded some of her digital offerings to help me in some of the things I'm writing. And the approach that she uses is so masterful. Um, And we talk about it in this episode about developing a character in a story is such a, a lesson and a teacher to what are you blocked in your own life and where are you not able to evolve in your own life? It's so freaking cool the way that she teaches people how to get into their story and and become the character and learn about the character so that you can actually learn about yourself. It's a very healing process of putting together a creative piece of work. So I'm really, really excited for this episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Tiffany is such an angel. She's just an angel. And I'm so happy that I've gotten to know her and uh, watch her grow and change. It's so cool. And this conversation is seriously awesome. So plug in, tune out, let us know what you think. If you're loving this episode, share it with your friends. If you want to do me a solid, go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. That would super duper help me out. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Tiffany. Welcome, Tiffany, to this new new Zoom space. (laughs) We've been in Zoom space all day today. We sure have. Um, I'm so excited to drop in. Tiffany and I were just talking about what we are going to uh, center this conversation around, and we decided on intuition and creativity with, I guess we could say, an emphasis on the shadow self and past selves all that darkness that we try to run away from that's creeping up and holding us back from creating how we want to. I love how we're, you're like laughing, saying it. You're like, this is fun. (laughs) (laughs) I have a best friend. Um, We always talk about how we just aren't afraid to go to those like cobwebbed over places that every the end of it though so let's go on let's get into it right now um so yeah that's why I'm laughing it always works I know isn't it it's it's great when you find people who you can connect with and you're like oh 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 you want to go there okay okay where's the popcorn like let me get my let me situate myself um I love going into this space and not necessarily because I'm like oh let's just feel all this pain or whatever but I think that especially after you know, being in, um, in the like mastermind circle, we were just in before we got on this call in the collective, it's like having these conversations is super helpful for other people to be seen and heard and recognize that you're not alone and yeah. recognize that we all have a story. We all have a lived experience that involves so many different <laughs> aspects other than happiness and joy. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit, tell our listeners who are all welcoming into the space. Hello, everyone out there. Hi. Um, a little bit about how you got into the space that you're in right now with writing and being an author, um, and teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first, thank you again for having me. Um, I want to say be one of those people who's been like, oh, I've been writing ever since like I could hold a crayon and whatever. And that's not, that's not who I am. Um, I remember I've always loved reading and uh, I wrote a poem about friendship. I think it was when I was in like the seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. And 
And I remember I shared it with my parents and um, they were like, oh, wow, this is really good. And that's not a thing I usually did like to create something and then went and showed it to both of my parents. Um, and from there, I just kind of, it was never anything that I thought to do, um, like professionally or anything. Like I didn't go to, I know they have like creative camps and that's just not a thing that I did. I would just kind of write little stories on my own. Actually my first novel, I'm using air quotes. Um, it was typed up on whatever computer and you know, however old you are, you will remember this or you won't. But when computer paper had like the little perforated reams down there. You rip them off on the side. Satisfying. Um, And so my first book was called Camp Juicy Fart. Um, (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And it was just about kids going to camp. And that's so that title is so far from anything that I write right now. Um, I write more literary fiction now. I'm not a comedic writer or anything at all, but that for whatever reason was the name. Um, Anyway, I went to college, was a business major and then switched to English. And my senior year, we were at our professor's home getting our portfolios back and he gave me mine back and he said, the only reason you got to be is because you don't talk enough. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, And then he was like, but you will publish a book someday. And I just kind of sat there like, okay, stop looking at me. Like (laughs) give other people their portfolios and let's move on. Um, Blah, blah. Got married, had some children. I, uh, got my MBA and master's in business because I felt like that's what I needed to do um, to supplement this English degree that I had little idea of what to do with. Um, I did want to get a master's in fine arts and fiction, and I just didn't feel like it was practical. So got a business degree, hated every minute of it, except for a few marketing classes um graduated by the time I graduated I think my daughter was like three and my son was one um I was in business school for two years um and then was working and all this time I'm writing my first novel but not taking it like taking it seriously but not so much to be I didn't have a specific timeline on it let's put it that way And I remember it was originally entitled um, Shades of Grey. And then one day in the early 2000s, or mid-2000s, a lovely book came out called Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. And uh, um, I'll leave my opinion about that book somewhere else. But and it that got me through my pregnancies. Really, (laughs) I was like, yes. (laughs) um but yeah so I I didn't really do much with it just kind of tinkered with it every once in a while and then finally um I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2017 I was 37 years old and after that you know I was working at a job that was not fulfilling at all and just I described the feeling in my body as just like being freaking on fire inside my body and just like clenched and tight all all the time. Um, And after my diagnosis, I just decided I wasn't going to do anything that didn't feel good anymore. And, um, you know, that was not an overnight thing that took two years of a year and a half, two years of, okay, I'll work part-time at this job. That's unfulfilling okay, maybe I'll just be on contract. And it was just like, no, just let it go. (laughs) Let it completely go. It doesn't fill you in any kind of way. Just do it. Um, And then I published the book that was once called 50 Shades of Grey, or Shades of Grey, sorry. Um, I self-published that book. I applied to one master's in fine arts program in creative writing and got in. And I just graduated with my MFA in January. 
Um, within there, I also started my business <laughs> helping other writers, which I was operating as just my full name, Tiffany Clark Harrison, and now it's Rochelle Writer Studio. And um, I also finished my second book and signed with a literary agent. So I've been kind of busy <laughs> since yeah, my- Yeah, you have. <laughs> and that's kind of the long version of how I got to where I am today, so. Awesome. What about, okay, so you, you've pivoted a lot. You're like, pivot, yeah. pivot, pivot. Yep. Um, like circling back to our, our intention today about intuition and creativity, yeah. like at what points, because I know a lot of people are listening is like, it sounds when you hear somebody else's story, it's like, oh, good for them. Like they made choices and they like are where they are and now they're winning and, yeah. you know, <clears throat> But what we don't really get to witness from an outside perspective is like, what was it, what goes on inside during all of those major pivotal moments, right? Like choosing the thing that yeah. might not be the most financially abundant oh. in your mind, right? It could turn out right. to be like huge, but like practical, tangible stuff that a lot of us like to like, cling to for mm -hmm. security or because it's like what is accepted um holds us back from like fully expressing our creativity fully like being in like the flow right so for you like your like on your spiritual path did that come like getting more connected with your intuition when you found out that you had ms and it was like a big like shocking thing or was that developing before and like what's guiding you now how is that showing up it's interesting because i part of me wants to say yes it all just kind of happened after i was diagnosed but when i look at it it was always sitting there the whole entire time. It was just because, like I said, I wanted to get a master's in fine arts. And what that professor said to me about, you will publish a book one day, that has never left me. That happened uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and that has never, ever left me. I think what happens, though, is it all just gets buried beneath voices from life. And I don't even mean, it could mean particular people. It could also just mean bills. <laughs> like yeah, I had seriously. two children and I had two children in that time span. And um, we had student loans to pay and blah, 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 you know, all the things. Um, so when you have those things, it's really hard to see how, you know what, I'm going to take some time off and write a book of literary fiction. Like that's not, that, that doesn't really feel like, um, like it's going to be the best use of your time when a baby is crying or guess what, cars need repairs again or whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, but there really just does come a point where, at least for me, I knew that I was unhappy. But, and as much as I wish that it didn't take um, a disease to really kind of shake me out of this, but I have to, but I have to, but I have to do these things for um, the, these more practical things. I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm happy. Like I, I'm not happy. I haven't, but I appreciate the clarity that it gave me. Um, I appreciate that it truly stripped away a lot of those layers of voices that were like, no, but you have to stay with this job because of X. No, but you have to go in this direction because of Y. And was really like, at what price though? Look where we've ended up. Mm -hmm. We're in the emergency room vomiting and you're 
six-year-old is sitting there crying every time you vomit. And your eight-year-old is sitting there asking, what's going on? What's wrong? Why are we in the ER in the middle of the night? And um, none of that was worth it. And, you know, that's not to say that I would or I wouldn't have gotten MS. Like, I don't know what would have happened. But right then, I remember the first um, the first day, I was in the hospital for about a week the first time um, that I woke up really coherent in the hospital. <clears throat> My husband and I had been going back and forth on a, on a decision about um, our son and a certain what to do with him in school. There were a lot of things going on. And I remember I woke up up one day and I said, he's switching schools. We're just do it. And it just became so much easier to make decisions and to hear what, no, this is what I know is best right now. Mm -hmm. And because when you not to get morbid, but when you have this run-in with mortality, yeah, I had no idea what was wrong with me, why we were going to the hospital. So I'll give a brief. I was very sick. It was uh, July 17th, 2017. I was very sick all day. I just felt dizzy and terrible. I woke up at 1130 that night and just started vomiting and wouldn't stop vomiting. And then I lied down on the bathroom floor and I was like, no, this feels worse. And then I sat up and the room started spinning and not like in a circle, like topsy-turvy everywhere spinning. And I yelled for my husband to call an ambulance. And um, so ambulance and fire trucks came, firemen carried me down the stairs. And I always laugh at this part because um, the, when they were carrying me down the stairs, I had baskets of laundry in my bedroom. And I was like, oh my God, they can see all the laundry. <laughs> but anyway, um, and you know, then my husband and my children followed. And it's nothing that you ever want your family to have to go through with you. It's nothing you ever want to go through on your own. Um, and I remember thinking in the hospital too, after I said, you know, we're going to send him to that other school one of my next thoughts was, I haven't published my book yet. It has been sitting on a hard drive for years. What am I doing? And, and so that's not to say that afterwards, you know, I came home and just wrote my, finished my book and there it was. It still took some time to finish, but um, I think really what happened there was, I always knew underneath what I, what my body wanted from me, my soul wanted from me, my heart wanted from me, but the messages that you receive directly or indirectly are like, you're supposed to like the term starving artist, mm -hmm. you know, artists aren't, they don't make money. That happens to like, one out of, you know, however many thousands of people, that's not a thing. Why am I so special that that would happen for me? Um, so you have all those voices in your head telling you why you shouldn't do a thing. Um, and then after that experience, it was just like, I'm going to die trying then because <laughs> I'm not going to feel like I have this like clenching and, um, inside me all the time. And from there, it became very much a, how does this feel for my body? And does my body feel good when I think about doing that thing? Or, and this is, these, these are the terms I use now, but um, back then I didn't think about it this way, but more does my body feel expanded or restricted mm -hmm. if I'm going to do that thing? Mm -hmm. And if it's not expansion, then I really don't, I don't need to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not perfect. <laughs> that doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I still do the restrictive thing. I also have children and a husband and other people that I have to consult with. Um, but 
I have a very supportive husband and very, and my children are also, they're now uh, almost 14 and however old he is, 12. Um, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're a lot more self-sufficient, but I'm, I've built up unknowingly, I've built up a, um, a group around me of people who make me feel expanded or expansive. And so that helps when you switch to, you know what, I'm going back to, does this feel good for me? Cause intuition, it's very much a physical thing for mm -hmm. me. Um, and so if, when I think about that, when I think about going back to working for somebody else, oh my gosh, my whole body just like crumples and retract, retract. <laughs> this is not it. This is not right. <laughs> like, so, but when I think about, you know, other things in my business, it's very much, oh, we could go this way, that way. And, you know, so, so yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Clarity Cleaning Supplies, a holistic approach to cleaning your house using all natural ingredients like essential oils and natural and organic compounds. I started using Clarity Clean because being in the Midwest, there's so much plastic still, like single-use plastic, plastic baggies, straws, things like this, and I've been really trying hard to do my part in reducing single-use plastic and reducing and reusing and recycling as much as I possibly can, can. And Clarity Clean is phenomenal. They use all glass bottles. And then when I run out of my spray that I mix with hot water, it's like a little powder. I just order new ones and they come in really cute glass jars that I can reuse and recycle in my house. So, so many different unique ways. All their packaging is really beautiful and they come in these really cool wooden boxes. And so everything that I've ever ordered from them, because I've been ordering for a few months, I can reuse in some way in my house that's actually really helpful. <laughs> and when I first started using Clarity, I noticed immediately that the fragrance in my kitchen shifted like so dramatically because we had been using more traditional cleaners in our house. I have two kids, so I'm like, you know, there's a lot of mess a lot of the time. And um, I've been really wanting to switch over to something more natural. And although I was skeptical that it would work good on all of my little kids stuff, the multi-use cleaning spray literally gets everything out and it smells amazing. One of the coolest things that I found out was that by using Clarity's products, you can eliminate up to 220 pounds of plastic per year from every home in the United States. What? So sometimes it might feel overwhelming that we're, you know, leaving the planet in a worse place. And then other days when you find a company like Clarity, you're like, damn, feels good to clean my kitchen. Never in a million years thought I would say that, but it feels really good to clean my kitchen with this beautiful product that I know is making a lasting impact on the earth that we get to live on. So check it out. You can use code limitless at checkout. You can find their website down in the show notes. Just click the clarity.com website and use code limitless at checkout for a special discount from our friends who are sailing the seas and cleaning up plastic and changing all of our lives. If you get you some, make sure you tag me in it because I want to see you clean in that house. I swear it'll make it more fun and it'll smell good and it won't burn your nose and you'll be helping the ocean. So make sure you tag me, tag Clarity, and let us know what you think about these amazing products. Now back to the show. Do you think it's possible? I've been wondering this. Um, do you think it's possible for people to like start having that like immense clarity and also deep connection with their their inner compass of like yes no meter like discerning is this good for me in my body or is this not without mm -hmm. having some sort of like traumatic experience <sighs> i wonder that because every person that i talk to or every person that like i'm fascinated by or interested in have all had some sort of pivotal mm -hmm. moment in life, whether that was 
near-death experience, um, something traumatic happening to them or someone very close. Um, there's always like a catalyst for turning inward and like finally being like, no, I'm, I'm gonna fucking do it now because right. you realize that time can be over, like game over, like really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's like, you know, talking about creativity even, it's like reminding ourselves kind of over and over again of like how fleeting life is or how precious health is. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, doing the thing that your feels good in your body is the most important thing regardless of the voices, regardless of the, you know, the outside world trying to infiltrate that and be like, well, you're not probably the right person to be saying that because you what, who are you or whatever it might be. Like, do you think this is just for my own pure curiosity? Like, do you think that that's <laughs> possible or or do we have to have something happen for like that? And anyone who's listening who's like, I haven't had a big pivotal life moments experience yet. I've got it. Do I have to wait for mine and then yeah. or is it or is it something more like hearing a conversation like this or, you know, what what prompts that to come out? I, I think it can be hearing a conversation like this. So something that I've I don't talk about um, as MS as much as I used to in previous years on social. But when I did, I would say you don't have to wait for something traumatic to happen to go after what you want. And I think going back to how we receive these messages, either indirectly or directly, somehow we have received the message for you to even ask the question that something like that can only happen if I can only start to really go after what I want if something traumatic happens. And that's usually how you hear about it. But... I also think that learning from other people's experiences can also be enough mm -hmm. to just see that, um, you know, I guess since I'm talking, I'll use myself like, holy crap, I don't want to have to be feeling like I'm on fire inside my body for a decade <laughs> and then get this disease to finally decide to do this other thing that maybe isn't um, as lucrative or, you know, whatever it might be. I don't want to have that same experience that Tiffany had or that somebody else had. Mm -hmm. I would like to be happy with what I'm doing and with my health. And just deciding that for yourself. So yeah, I did have kind of a, not kind of, I had a traumatic, a traumatic experience, but a lot of people have traumatic experiences and carry on the same. Ooh, yeah. That's, so, that's a truth that is hard to swallow. Yeah, so, I mean, it really comes down to it's not so much that I had a traumatic decision or experience. It's that I made a decision and I'm not going back on that decision. And you don't have to have a traumatic experience to make a decision. Was it a kick in the butt? For sure. <laughs> but, you know, I had made a decision that I was going to publish, be traditionally published one day. And I was working on it just probably way slower than I would have been then, you know, because like I said, within, so I was diagnosed, what, three and a half years ago, and I've finished a second book, gone to grad school, and gotten a literary agent. It took me 15 years to write my first book. So it's like, it sped up the process a little yeah. bit. Um, but you also don't have to wait that long. You just make the decision. And if it helps to give yourself a time period, give yourself a time period, um, whatever you need to get yourself there. And perhaps I needed to have something really shake me. And, you know, again, I'd rather not have it, but if I can 
be of service to people through that story, then I'm doing what I need to do with that story. So what, okay. So this, that really kind of shook me was thinking about like, people do have things happen in their lives that could propel them either into the awareness, like you, you know, you're saying, you're like, I am aware now, like I better get my butt in gear and like live. Yeah. Or I go back to kind of the mundane moving through the days, wondering why this is the only, what, where's my spark? Where's my fire? Where's my, my life force. And then there's the other end of people, other end of things where maybe people aren't ready for that yet. And have these, you know, have an experience or have something happen in their lives and they get stuck in Mm -hmm. it. Like they can't move through it. They get stuck in it. And then that turns into like blame and victimhood and like everyone else has things, but, but me, like, you know, I've, I've seen and witnessed that a lot, um, in lots of different circles and places. And, probably even in my own self. <laughs> I, I wait, this is my story. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it, like you only get so many chances. And there's this there's this, uh, like story that uh, I, I've heard many times. And it's probably some ancient, like, you know, parable or something. But yeah. it's like this man is drowning. And he's like, is screaming for help right he's like god help me where are you show up like like show up for me i need your help right now and like this boat drives by and the man's they're like come on get in and he's like no god's coming for me and i'm waiting and (laughs) like i'm waiting for god and then like this helicopter comes and like drops down a a ladder and he's like no god's coming for me i'm waiting (laughs) waiting for it And then he drowns and dies and goes to like the pearly gates or whatever. And there's like God, right? Like hypothetical version of God. And he's like, God, where were you? Like, I was screaming for you. I was begging for you to help me. Like, show me the way. Give me a sign. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, did you not see the boat and the ladder? (laughs) Was the helicopter not a big enough thing for you? Like, what do you need? And I just love that because... It just reminds me like, like our intuition is that for us, right? Like those signs from our body are that it's like all of these nudges and like things that are coming even from within, it doesn't have to even be outside can be those like little, little signs that we're looking for. It's like if a thought comes into your head and it feels good in your body, yep. And you're like, I don't deserve that, or I can't do that, or that's too much. It's like, maybe that's the time to like lean into that and say, mm-hmm. whoa, why am I resisting yeah. how great and awesome life could be? <laughs> like, yeah. what? whose voice is that that's in my way? Right? Like whose voice is in the way in, in between me and my creative expression and my fullest, like loudest, brightest version of me? Um, ha- have you witnessed that? Like noticing like whose voice is in the way? Whose voice like from the outside or from like childhood or past self? Like anything, like whose voice is it that gets in the way for you the most? So first, I'm going to say, you're in my brain. So I was planning out content for this this week. And my post for tomorrow is about um, who, what would your book be without your mental blocks? Mm. Who would your characters be without your mental blocks? And a lot, because a lot of the times... And I'm using writing as an example, but it can be in anything. Um, A lot of the time being stuck or having writer's block or not knowing what to do with the scene or like the structure of your book, that's just the physical manifestation of you not allowing your characters to be the fullest expression of themselves. 
because you've got stuff and you're like, no, my character can't do that. Nope. That's not a thing that's going to happen because that's, that's some shadowy thing for me that I don't want to look at. And so we're just going to leave that there. But then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't figure out what to do with the structure. And I'm like, the structure is not your problem, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what the problem is. Um, So, so yeah. And actually before we jumped on um, for the interview, I put something in stories. What did I ask? I said, um, oh, what is your character or book asking you to do that deviates from your original idea? And why are you resisting it? Because that one of my biggest things, and so I'm not somebody who plots a book. I can't do that, just like outlines a book. I can't do that to save my life. I write my way into a story. Mm -hmm. And, but you still always have like an idea of what, if you were going to paint or whatever, like you always have an idea of what you're kind of going for. Um, And I always say, don't be so married to that idea that when your intuition shows you a better direction, that you're like, nope, can't do it. It's kind of similar to your story. You're like, no, 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 that's not the way it was supposed to go. It's supposed to go this way because that's how I thought it would look. Well, but here's this other thing that's actually better for what you're trying to accomplish. And you're just like, negative ghosts, not doing it because it's supposed to look like this. And then it's like, what is it that you are missing within yourself? What is it that you aren't looking at within yourself that is putting up so much resistance to where your, your art, your creation is trying to go. Um, And I think authors, creators in general can get in the way of their art a lot because of just their own stories. So um, I'll share a quick scene from my first book. Um, One of the main characters is a young woman who is, she's a Christian and she's just kind of struggling with her faith and how it looks in real life and operates. And um, at the end you find out she wrote something about, or said something about how she masturbated every she would masturbate when she was angry at god and that was something i remember i wrote that like i didn't plan to write that and i was like wait a minute (laughs) i cannot (laughs) wait can masturbate in god and church on the same (laughs) sentence (laughs) like I was, and at that point, I think when I wrote it, I was like, it's fine right now. Like, I really like it. It's just, but it's just in a laptop. So like, it's safe. Mm -hmm. But then when I got closer to publishing, it was like, oh my God, like I'm getting sweaty. (laughs) Can that be there? And then what I had to do was check a lifetime of repressing certain sexual desires because maybe I was not maybe, and I was never directly told by it, but I inferred from certain places that, hey, this isn't how you should, that's that's not a proper um, way to express yourself or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm so uncomfortable with that scene. However, one of the other main characters is a very sexually aware person. And I 100%, it wasn't until later, recognized that that character was also a bit of my shadow self being like, I need you to see me. I really need you to see me. And that book is not like memoir based on my life or anything. But if you have created something, a character or a painting or a recipe or whatever it is, that's coming from someplace inside of you. Even if it's like the tiniest bit, there is a reflection of you somewhere. Otherwise you would not have been drawn to that, to that thing. Um, But to answer your question about where some of the stories for me came up um, or some of the voices came up, um, this is not a blaming at all. It's just, what I saw. So like my father is a mechanical engineer and 
I am not a mechanical engineer. (laughs) (laughs) I write fiction. Uh (laughs) Um, And he's someone who is very good with numbers, obviously, and money and his columns and his rows and his spreadsheets and all his things. And um, I saw that. And while nobody told me ever, you need to be an engineer, you need to be this, you need to be that. I saw he was in the Navy and I saw just how respected he was. Mm -hmm. And um, even, you know, from shows, you see people are lawyers, they're doctors, they're this, and oh, it's a big deal. And it's like, okay, that's, that's where I need to be. Whereas where it was something a little bit more creative was almost like this. And I'm, uh, how old am I? I'm 41. So like in the nineties, I was a teenager. And so like the more creative people were like a flighty kind of person. And it's like, Oh, it's whatever. Poor and I flighty, just, you know, I, yeah. Unstable. Right. And it's like, <laughs> That's not, I want to be able to like take trips and pay for things and like have nice things. And so I, picking up from just Western culture and just, you know, who my parents were and how my mother was a social worker. And so there were more just kind of, which is not an engineer, but, you know, it wasn't a fiction writer. So... I, but I had never seen um, someone who wrote fiction or anything really and had what I thought would be like a sustainable, su- successful career. So in my head, doing what I'm doing now was never really like that's something you do on the side. Mm-hmm. And not saying that you can't do that on the side now, but I knew that I wanted this to be my life, like my whole life and having it as a side piece, if you will, like that wasn't gonna, that wasn't gonna cut it. Um, so yeah. That's amazing though, because, you know, you know, even just being aware of that, you are now that person for someone else. Is like, yeah. like, look at what you can do if you get out of your own way. Yeah. Look at what you can do if you can recognize that the manifestations of a character are actually a reflection of yourself and they're being yeah. your teacher. You know, yeah. like, oh my God, I feel resistant to talking about this topic. It's, it's a little bit like, woo. And it's yeah. like, whoa. You know, that that's really powerful for someone else to hear and see that um, we can pave our own way. Like, we can do our own yeah. thing. And I think that's what I love about, like, this time right now so much. And my yoga teacher, uh, right when the pandemic happened, and I was traveling around the country to all these yoga trainings with her, and I was studying with her. And she was like, oh, we're about to have a renaissance. Like, we're going through, like, yes, this is going to be, she's kind of mystic too. She's like, oh, the tower card and it's falling and everything's crumbling, destroyed, destruction. And I'm like, ah! But on the other side of it, even like what we were talking about earlier in the the, um, Limitless Collective Mastermind was like this, the rebirth. Like, we're going through like this, this time of, renewal and renaissance and the rise of that is art the rise of that is creativity and intuition and self-expression and it's really exciting to to be in it and watch it happen and like people like you paving the way for it to be something that can exist and also not be starving right (laughs) Right. Like um, this really beautiful woman, um, Anissa Benitez. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's from Brooklyn and I had her on the podcast and she has her own podcast called No Starving Artist. And she talks all about this, like going, going from working at like these big corporations like Apple and YouTube and stuff, and then moving into being her own um, 
business in, in, in acting and creative arts, like expressive arts. And I'm like, she's onto something here yeah. uh, to, to be paving that path for more art, more creation, more ingenuity, like less follow this stale trail of blah, blah, to yeah. <laughs> boringness. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's so interesting that I even say that because at this time also, like, how can we break free of that systemic version of hustle and grind yeah. and be an artist? You know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting paradox of like, I want money to travel the world and eat good food and have nice things and also not be stuck in the old paradigm of like more and more and more and more and more never enough. Yeah. So it's yeah. a really interesting time. And, you know, to that takes its own shadow work to do of like, how can we break free of that? What kind of character can we write that doesn't, isn't yeah. attached to that? It creates right. a new and version. Think, and it's interesting too, sometimes the narratives that we have going on, um, kind of going back to my dad as an example, I'm like, oh, he's this engineer. And my parents are also not originally from this country. So, you know, there's- Where are they from? Also, uh, my parents are Panamanian. Um, and so they came here and went to school. And, um, you know, my dad was pretty high up in the Navy. My mom, anyway. And so- feeling like, okay, they could come from Panama and build these wonderful careers in the United States. I'm born here. So that means that, you know, if I just follow these, and I did that for a very long time, <laughs> I was, oh, I would call myself sometimes a former uh, should girl. Like I did everything yeah. I should do. I was the good girl and I got good grades. And then I went to college. I met my husband in college and we got married two years later. We had a house and a dog and a daughter a few years later and then a son. And it's, like we're, it's like we're living a paralleled life here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I did all the things. Uh -huh. Like I had my son and a house and whatever else. By the time I was 29, my last child by the time I was 29, it's like, okay, wait. So like, is this just where it stops? Or like, uh, where's the rest of the blueprint? <laughs> but, um, and then that's part, you know, before I was diagnosed, you know, some of that was happening and it was challenging me to be like, hey, you don't have to follow. There's really nothing to follow. You can create whatever you want it to be. And, you know, I have the story, certain stories in my head, the one of looking at my dad and being like, oh, he's this engineer and he's this and that. And the funny thing is, he is the first person to be like, my daughter got a literary agent and she's going to be this and she has a business and she helps writers do this, this and that. And it's like, you see, that was really just yours the whole time. Yeah. Ooh. It wasn't even his. Ooh, Tiffany. <laughs> Whoa! It was not anybody else's. Yeah, that was yours. Mm. Interpretation. And, yeah, narrative. and it's not a blame, a blame game or anything. But once you are like, oh snap! Wait, you mean he didn't really? Wasn't he like, oh me. crap! She didn't. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like, and like, and I hope I'm not giving the impression my father loves me very much, and I always yeah. <laughs> like I always know No, it's know just that. funny because I but, I can completely relate. My dad's a chemical engineer, and his you know oh, wow. like we are living a parallel life. Yeah, husband, <laughs> two kids, the whole thing. Yeah, right. um, but I I the same thing. Like I'm just starting to finally like where you are with that whole situation. Like I'm starting to come into that same place with my own father like he retired at, like after 35 years at, at like a really really high level in his his career he helped yeah. so many people did amazing things i mean like i'm like he's he's like gandhi i'm like what are you? <laughs> he's just like perfect right like yeah and then here i am like the artsy fartsy like i want to be like i don't know an actor a musician like a hairdresser or something <laughs> fun <laughs> and he's like oh dear right. god 
<laughs> who raised you? And my both my siblings are engineers, so it's like I'm the odd one out. But um, yeah. he, at his retirement party, called me up on like the stage part and wanted me to mm-hmm. do like a little speech. And he introduced oh, wow. me, and I like lost it because he was like talking all these amazing things about me and how proud he was of me. I'm like, he called me the Tony Robbins of like the woman, Tony Robbins. And I was like, that's a little too far, but I see where you're going. I see where, I see where this is heading and I appreciate his only association. But um, it made me realize that same exact thing, like the, the unworthiness and like the, the, the um, trying to prove something yeah. was really just a story I made up. He was going to support and love me no matter what. Right. And I was like, and you just said that. And I was like, wow. Whoa. There it is. <laughs> so anyone listening, it's like, it's like this is going to be. Yeah. I mean, how, how do, this is super nineties, but it's very much a like, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Seriously. Like we make things so much harder for ourselves than they need to be constantly. And like, I've been trying to check in with myself too. I'm like, if it feels hard, what am I doing to make it that way? Because no one is yeah. doing it to me. Yeah. And there yeah. might be circumstances because I know that when you say things like this, it can sound a little bit like, oh, okay, good, easy for you to say you haven't lived my life or had my experience or walked in my shoes. And it's like, no, I have not. And I never will. Yeah. However, in my experience, it's, you know, life is so short. And it's like, if you're going to continue living in that state, like, like this whole conversation is kind of circled around. It's like staying in that state will only keep you in that state. Right. And so if it's this conversation, if it's your own life experience, if it's something you witness, whatever has to pull you out of that blah, 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 dense, heavy, limited, small view of what life can really offer you. It's like, just notice that and, and start, you know, unfurling it. Like, what can I do to just like, I've almost just every time something comes up like that, I'm like, I'm going to do the opposite. Mm. And it can be a little reactive at first, but then you start to notice that it's, it's really just yourself trying to come out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, speaking to circumstances, like, as a black woman and trying to get into publishing industry and being an entrepreneur and everything else. I mean, yes, there are circumstances outside of my control. Um, I mean, that's for everyone, but racism exists. Classism exists. Colorism exists. It all exists. And owning what I can be in control of and owning stories that I know are mine. I often ask myself when I know when I get into a state of frustration, it is time to say, and knowing that it's not something external. Like truly not external. Um, You just show me what I need to see within myself. I need you to show me that because I'm not seeing it. And usually when I get to this frustrated place, it's because you need me to see something and I'm just not getting it yet. So pretend I'm just dense. Can you just like zoom right in? And Give it to me straight. Show me. Yeah. And um, that helps me to be in control of what I can be in control of. Um at the end of the day, that's all we are. Things happen to us. And it's our job to process, do what we can to make change for the better. Um, And a lot of times for me, it's going inward to say, what do I need to see within myself? That doesn't mean a blaming myself or whatever. It could be, what do I need to see within myself so that I can make 
better, more, not more informed, but better choices for my, for myself as a person, um, because I can't control what's happening on the outside. So, um, and it's the same things for, this is what I tell clients to external inspiration is only there to activate your internal knowing. Um, so Mm -hmm. because you can get so overwhelmed with everything that's going around on the outside. that when you sit down to whatever you're creating, you're like, I don't need to do with this. And that's when you start to ask your body, what do I need to see here? Just go back inwards and just let it show you. You people, I know sometimes they're like, you write it out there, but I have regular conversations with my characters. I have regular conversations with myself so that I know that I am expressing myself, my characters, um, and in memoir, I consider uh, the past version of yourself that you're writing about as a character, that the full expression of them is coming to the page, because otherwise, why do it if we're just going to do it halfway? Yeah. So. Woo! <laughs> I am obsessed with this conversation. I always love getting to talk to you from the first time that we we've connected a lot actually in (laughs) several different like realms um and I always really enjoy hearing your perspective and and getting to connect with you um so thank you for that thank you for you know showing up today in this vulnerable way and like just letting this conversation go wherever it wanted to and I hope everybody listening you know maybe this was something for you maybe this was some some sort of catalyst for you um, I know it like did a lot for me personally. I'm like, oh yes, yes, yes. So thank you for that. And we'll put down below all the ways that people can connect with you. If you are a writer, 10 out of 10 recommend going and checking out what Tiffany has to offer. And if you are not like still follow her and consume what you can, <laughs> because it's amazing. I'm not a, a fictional literary writer at all. And I've gotten so much benefit from like your offerings that you've been putting out and just like the perspective that you share. And I think that we could all get a lot more from each other if we can just like, you know, receive in different areas, like receive different industries and professions and, and, and points of view and stuff is so beneficial and helpful. Yeah. So thank you so much for being you and showing up today. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Kelly. 